reserve, no return, and no regrets. You know those three things, reserve, return, regrets? Those are enemies of faith. God wants to talk to us tonight about some of the enemies of our faith. And you know what they do is those things keep us tied to the past. And we can't go where God wants us to go when we're tied to anything in the past. I mean, sometimes we can even get tied to good things in the past. We can't be tied to anything in the past. We can't live in the good of the past, even our good memories. And, you know, we certainly can't live in the bad things of the past. You know, everybody would agree on that. But there's a lot of people that try to live in the past and, and live in those things. The first thing we'll talk about tonight is no reserve. Now, reserve means to hold back a portion. You know, we have some reserved seats in here. We're holding those seats back so that the pastor has a place to sit. So y'all don't just get so excited about the word that y'all come up on the front row and try to take his seat, you know. And uh, I know some of you aren't, aren't, aren't there yet where you want the front row, but there'll come a day. And that's one reason we went ahead and put those signs out. You know, right now it's not a problem, but we said we want to get the people used to seeing these signs because, you know, people can get really kind of been out of shape over these reserve seating signs when you have a Jerry Savelle in your church or something like that. Have y'all noticed that? I mean, I mean, have you ever been to a place where there's like the Christians were tempted to walk out of love? Uh, yeah, that's happened. I've heard. I've heard about some pretty gruesome stories. I've heard about it, Rama. You people just nearly getting wounded at Winter Bible Seminar trying to get seats in, in there. And, you know, just, you know, where love just wasn't flowing. Well, you know, those kind of things hinder the Holy Ghost. Uh, so we have to, we have to, we have to recognize though that it's just, you know, it's just one of those things that's really kind of absolutely necessary. So the reserve means to hold back a portion. And so, um, but, you know, we're not supposed to be holding anything back from God. We're supposed to have no reserved section in our life. We're not supposed to have any rooms that we say, well, you know, Jesus, you can have all of me, but you just can't go in this little spot. We're not supposed to have anything that we're keeping back from the Lord. We're not supposed to have a little closet in our life where we just say, now, you know, God, don't touch that area. You know, and sometimes, you know, the reason we have a little closet is because it's painful. It's like, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to face that. I don't want to deal with that. And so we keep a little section reserved. And we just don't let, we just don't let God or anything go into that section. We don't face things. We don't deal with them. We don't open wide our heart. But you know, God has to have all of you. He can't do anything with your life, really, unless you give him all of you. He wants the whole thing. Amen? And when you give him your whole life, when you don't hold anything back, when all of your money is his, when all of your belongings are his, I mean, you don't even have any family heirlooms that you say, now, God, you know, you just don't touch those things. You know, don't ask me to give that. That was my grandmother's. You know, we can't even be like that, family. We've got to be so de detached, so withdrawn from the things of this world that, you know, we just aren't that sentimental over anything. That nothing is withheld from God. No part of our life. Amen? And, you know, those things that we hold on to tight, you know, those things and those rooms that we don't let Jesus come into, you know, how many of you know they just get stinkier and stinkier? They do. They really do. 
See, you just can't, you can't go wrong just throwing open wide your heart and just saying, Jesus, whatever, wherever, whenever, where you want me to go, what you want me to do, how, you know, where you want me to live. You just can't go wrong. Amen? See, you just, you just give God everything. You know, there's an old saying, if you give, a, you, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. I'm telling you, if you give the devil an inch, he will take a mile. He is unjust, he is cruel, he is mean, and if you let him have an inch in your life, and you lay, you have one little place in your life that you don't let Jesus have, and, 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 and Satan has a nest in there, you know, or something, you, I tell you, he, will, he, won't, settle, he won't settle just for that. He'll just take, keep taking ground. But God's just the opposite. If you give him an inch, he'll give you back a mile, and much, 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 much more. Amen? Praise God. But see, Satan kind of deceives us in these things, and he gets us thinking, man, you know, if I give over, kind of like Pastor said this morning, you know, if I just say, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, well, my word, he might make me go to Russia or Peru or, you know, uh, he might make me, no. See, that's, I used to think that way too. I used to think, well, you know, if God, God's going to make me do something I don't want to do, no. That's not how it works. It's so wonderful how God works. When God calls you to go to Russia, you know what happens right before He lets you know that you're supposed to go? All of a sudden, you have this overwhelming desire. You can't wait to get there. You want to go. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. When we went to Russia in 1993, we, were, we went and we were supposed to go. And... Uh, and, but while we were there, you know, it was just confirmed. You know, we're called to pastor, and we're called to pastor in the United States. I'm sorry, but we just are, you know. And, uh, uh, and, and, and I love the mission. I love missions. I tell you what, I, just, I was just eating up everything Heather said, because I love missions. I have a heart for missions. Don't mistake the fact that I don't have any leading to go that I don't have a heart for. I do. I have a heart for it. But when I was in Russia, it was like, um, how many days till we go home? Let's see. Five, six, seven. You know, how, long, how long till we can leave, Lord? You know, I was just like that the whole time. I couldn't wait to come home. But, you know, there was 28 in our group. And some of those people were going, oh, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go. Oh, oh. And I'm going, this is weird. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, what is wrong with you? But, you know, I realized they're called. They're called. And, you know, there was a pastor and his wife over there. Uh, and they were from, I think they're from Louisiana, yeah, Mark Leonard. And they live in the city of, um, mm, I just left, Ivanova. They live in Ivanova, Russia. They have three kids, I think, now, two, four kids now. I mean, they got babies over there. And it's just like, and y'all don't understand. I mean, maybe you don't understand. It's not like America. You don't just walk into a store and buy Infamil. You don't walk in the store and buy baby cereal. You don't even walk in the store and buy lettuce. You don't, you don't, you go into what they call shops. I don't know why I'm going this way. I'll just trust the Holy Ghost. You go into what they call shops, which is under the flats they live in, and there might be six items in the store. There might be eggs and uh, pickles and onions and, you know, there might be about five or six items. 
And so the ladies have to go, and it's just like it takes all day to shop just for that night's meal. Because you have to go to this shop and this shop, just seeing what you can get and putting it and piecemealing it together. So this pastor's wife, really it's more work than a pastor's wife can do with four kids. So what they do is they literally hire a Russian native who knows what she's doing and how to shop in that culture to go and buy their food for them and shop for them. Because you just, you wouldn't even know where to start shopping like that. It's not, they don't have food world. You know, it's, it's, a, it's another world when it comes to food and stuff. And so to, in order to do these things and to have these things in our life, God has to put a supernatural, overwhelming desire, and He does it. Amen? If God wants you to move to Birmingham, family, all of a sudden you will have a passion about Birmingham. You will love it with all your heart. You will just, you will just eat, sleep, drink, and breathe Birmingham. It won't matter. I could tell you that one in, in that, that everybody there is going to be mugged. You know, it's just not even one in two. They could tell you, it's like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It would be heaven on earth to you. See, God leads us by desires. God is not a mean taskmaster up in heaven trying to take advantage of His people. Amen? So it, if He calls you... The, I mean, the, those uh, people in Alaska, the Hollises, they are just so happy, they just love it. Even, you know, back when their car seat was frozen, and, and, and you know, I mean, they just love it. See, God puts a desire in us. And so you just can't hold, if you, you don't, you, there's no need to hold anything back from God. You don't have to have any reserved section in your life. You can just throw open wide the doors. You can just totally relax. Amen. Because He's not going to take more than He gives. He's not going to call you to the mission field without you just can't wait to get there and can't wait to get back. He's not even going to call you to move to Texas. That He doesn't just put, oh my word, I can't wait to get there. You know, we didn't want to leave our church that we were pastoring. We had no desire. We weren't saying, man, we need to get out of here. We thought we was going to be there forever, wanted to live there forever. God began to speak to us about that we were going to be leaving our church. It took Him about a year to get us prepared and ready from the first time He gave us the hint that it was coming. But you know, by the time He got us to the point of we were fixing to move, it was like, you couldn't have stopped us. You couldn't stop us from coming to Alabama. You couldn't have stopped us. Nobody could have stopped us. We wanted to. We couldn't wait. So you don't have to hold back anything. You can throw open wide the doors of your heart. God's not going to take advantage of you. Amen? Another thing the word reserve means is to maintain a second option. You know, we can get over operating in a reserved thing when we're trying to operate by faith, and it'll cause our faith to fail. Because what you do is you, you reserve a second option. Well, in other words, I'm going to step out here and I'm going to believe God for this, but if it doesn't work, this is what I'll do. Well, family, right there, you sealed it. It's not going to work. See, you can't try God in that sense. The only thing that you can do in, and you can prove God, He said you could prove me in, is the tithe. He said you could prove him in the tithe. But otherwise, you, you can't say, well, I think I'll go up and try and see if God will heal me. No, you got to believe you receive. Amen? And so we got to get rid of the second option. Satan will ask you, you know, he'll say this to you, what are you going to do if? 
And he'll have you rehearsing in your mind, well, you know, you believe God for a certain amount of money to come in, the rent, and he'll, then you'll find yourself, if you don't, aren't careful, rehearsing in your mind, now what are we going to do if it doesn't come? That's the devil. He wants you to get some second options out there. No, that's not what we're going to do. We're going to sell out. You know, Proverbs 28.1 says that the, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And we look at that verse sometimes and we say, well, you know, the righteous, they're bold. They speak out. They, and they do. I mean, that's part of it, that you're a bold witness. But, you know, it's also that boldness not to reserve anything, that boldness to step out there by faith and to sell out completely. Completely. Amen. That boldness to cut off the, the strings, you know, to cut the apron strings, so to speak. Instead of having that, well, you know, if God doesn't come through here, we'll call daddy. Well, you know, family, you really hadn't walked by faith till there's no daddy to call. As long as you can call daddy, you hadn't walked by faith. You, but but so, you, know, you, you know what it's like to have a house payment or something that if God doesn't come through, and that's the best place in the world to be, when you have nobody but God to lean on. Amen. And family, you can lean on Him. You don't have to hold out, hold back. You can just walk out there. You can walk out there on the limb and saw it off yourself as long as you stay within the Word. As long as you're believing for something that's in the Word of God, because God will come through. Amen? So we don't have to have any reserves. And having a reserve, uh, you know, I'm talking about a place in our heart, having a place in our heart that we don't let God have, you know what? We don't have to have that. Our Father is good. We can trust Him fully. Amen? He won't let us down. We can trust Him with our kids. That family, that is the best feeling in the world. Not, and you know, it's a supernatural mom that does not worry. It is a supernatural mom. Recently, Michael talked to, you know, to some of our family. And, you know, one of the family members was going on a trip to, uh, I think, like to Alaska, kayaking or something. And, you know, this mom was just, oh, you know, I'd just be glad when he gets back. I just, oh, you know, I just don't like him to do this. I wouldn't wish he wouldn't do this. I wish he wouldn't go off by himself. And Michael said, well, you know, just Psalm 91. Well, it's a mother's right to worry. I mean, that's what, and, and you wouldn't think I was a very good mother if I didn't worry. Well, I would. I'd think you was a great mother. Praise God. I'd think you was supernatural mama if you didn't worry. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can trust your heavenly Father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can trust Him when there's convicts loose in town. Amen. You can trust your father. You can trust your father when the water is whatever. I mean, who knows? It's a mystery. It's like, uh, like Eric says about the, the school lunchroom here. He says, we had mystery meat today. Actually, family, do you realize it's not just Peru anymore that's not safe? I mean, in the natural. You know what I'm talking about. You know, there's E. coli in the swimming pools. Hallelujah. We're delivered. We're set free. We're, pro we're redeemed. But you know, you don't walk. You don't walk in all this supernatural protection and all this. You, you don't have the confidence to when you have those little sections of your life where you say, okay, but God don't go in that door. 
and you can't have that part of me. No, if you want his protection and you want to walk in his blessing and you, you've got to give him all of you. You've got to lay down your will and you've got to be like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane and you've got to say, not my will, but your will be done. You know, when, you comes to, when it comes to marriage, you've got to lay down your will. You've got to say, I don't have to have that man. Man, when you decide i got to have that man, and it doesn't matter if God wants him or not, I, how many of you know, I've proved, we've seen it over and over and over and over again. I mean, you are in for hell on earth. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Or when you have to have that girl. No, you, gotta, you just got to gotta sell out. you got to say God knows best. And I don't have to have anything my way. I don't have to live in a certain place. I don't, have to, I don't have to have it my way. You have to say God is big. He knows. He sees the future. He knows what I need. He knows, what, he knows what's coming. And you got to sell out. No reserves. No reserve. No reserved section in my life. Hallelujah. And you know you can trust Him. Amen. Praise God. You know what? You can trust Him so much. When you have those, all the reserve sections taken out of your life, you can trust Him so much that even if you mess up, He'll get you back on when there's no reserve sections. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk a little bit now and about um, 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 no return. No return. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. I had some scriptures actually under that, but somehow I just never did get to them. So, well, let's go on. Hebrews 10, 38. We're flowing in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's a saying talking about no reserve that what you clutch to keep, you lose. What you clutch to keep, you lose. No reserves. Let everything go. Let it go. Let it go. God gives it back to you. Amen. No return. Hebrews 10, 38. It says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You know, what he's talking about there is, you know, stepping out there by faith and then drawing back and, not, and, and, and going back to that sense knowledge. That doesn't please God. That doesn't please God for us to do that. And so, you know, we gotta, we gotta prepare ourselves. We gotta walk by faith. You gotta be a faith man. You gotta be a faith woman. Cause without faith, it's impossible to please God. But when you walk in faith, you know what? It pleases God greatly. He gets in there and helps you. Amen. In uh, Philippians chapter three. See, we can't go back. You know, sometimes, uh, people try to go back on Christian living. You know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work to go back on Christian living. It's rare that you can go back to anything in this world. It's rare to even move from a town and be able to go back and it be the same. It's not even, it's rare for someone to get a divorce and you be able to go back and it be the same. Now I'm not discounting that Jesus can do some things, amen? But a lot of times things have changed too far. A lot of times, you know, Billy Graham says you can't unscramble eggs. Sometimes the eggs have gotten scrambled so much you just can't get them unscrambled. You know, the Old Testament even talks about, uh, you know, once you've divorced somebody and then you remarry, you not to go back to that one that you divorced. And if, if you ever remarry, not to go back to that first one. Well, I tell you, you know, we don't live under the law. And so I'm not trying to put you under the law. But I've watched people try to go back to things like that. And it's a mess. 
it's a mess. It was hell on earth. At least in several situations I've seen, it was just hell on earth trying to go back. Hallelujah. See, there's not very many things that we can go back in. And why is that? It's because God is not a God that lives in the past. He's not a God. He's not. He, you, sometimes did you ever walk around or I, I kind of have had this feeling before, which like I wish it was like it used to be. You know, I can sit and watch Leave It to Beaver and Father Knows Best, which is what I grew up on, and I can just get, oh, I just wish life was like this. You know, I just wish this was how it used to be. You know, well, family, no, you really don't. The curse is in every generation. The curse is always there. I was thinking today about the swimming pools and the E. coli. Well, I remember when I was a little girl how mamas didn't want their kids in the swimming pool because of polio. Y'all, how many of you are old enough to remember that? Admit it, please. Make me feel better. Amen. A few people admitted that. Hallelujah. Well, see, the curse is in those generations too. And we can't go back. It's not the good old days. It's really not. It's not the good old days. And but, but you know, but but the, the the devil wants you looking back. He wants you looking back. And 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 you can't look back. In in Philippians three verse thirteen it says, um, Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He said, you know, I, 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 this is one thing I always do, is I forget those things which are behind. It doesn't matter if it's good or if it's bad. You've got to forget the past. And you know what's the past? One hour ago is the past. You can't live in the glory of the past. You can't live in the glory of the last move of God. Well, you know, back in the charismatic movement, we did it this way. Well, family, the charismatic movement's over. I actually have some good friends, close friends, who have never gotten over the charismatic movement. You know, in the charismatic days, some of y'all are too young for this, but you know how we, we didn't, there was no word churches. So we came together in the house, and we sat in a circle, and somebody played a guitar, and we sang, this is the day, and, and the horse and riders thrown into the sea, and we sang, and it was good. And God showed up. Amen? But you know what? It's past. And there's no anointing on that kind of that stuff anymore. Now, I'm not saying that's all-inclusive. If you live in the outback somewhere, you might, God might still anoint that. But family, in most every town, there's a word church. Get out of your little circle, quit singing kumbaya, and get to church. I mean, we did that. We did it. And you know, am I sentimental over it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was fun. It was blessed. It was anointed. People were getting baptized in the Holy Ghost from every denomination. I mean, Catholics and Episcopals. And, and you know, it was, just, it was just good. But it's just not there anymore. It's the same with, you know, there's some organizations out there like Full Gospel Businessmen. I mean, I tell you what, you talk about anointed. We would drive four hours to go to a full gospel businessmen's meeting. Of course, there was no church. We were hungry. We would get in the car and drive from Seagraves to Abilene and to go to a meeting. Uh, the anointing of God was there. Men would get up and they would share their testimony of what God had done in their life, that businessman usually. It was good. God would show up and heal people. You know what? It's like it doesn't exist anymore. I think it's still out there in, in some, you know, I don't think it's just like totally gone, but it's really gone. The anointing moved, the cloud moved. We can't live in the past. 
Even of those good things, we can't live in the past. And how much more? You can't walk around in the past uh, uh, the things that went wrong in your life. You can't walk. Paul said these things, this, this is what I do. He says, I forget those things that lie behind. And then he said what else he does? And he says, and I reach forth. Or the word there, that reaching forth, means stretch. I stretch unto those things which are before. You know what this basically says? Get over the past. We got to get over it. You know what? We got to get over it. Because Satan wants to hold you in the past. If he can't hold you in your bad past, he'll try to hold you in the good past. He really will. And then Paul said there, I pressed. I press or put pressure on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press forward. I forget those things that lie behind. See, Satan wants you to, to, to live in, in, in all sorts of, like, you know, uh, he wants to bring up your past. He wants to tell you what you did. He wants to tell you about the mistakes you made. Doesn't he? Or is it, am I the only one he brings up the past? And God's not bringing up the past. He says, no, just press. Just press. Press toward the mark. Just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start over and press. But uh, there, the, the church, the, the, the Tuscaloosa is full of people that are living in the past that don't come to church because they feel condemned. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we heard that before. If I came to church, the roof would fall in. You ever heard that? Mm -hmm. Well, it wouldn't, I can tell you. You know, we can't return. Peter, he stepped out of the boat to walk on the water. I'm just amazed. You know, sometimes we just get focused on the fact that he looked at the wind and the waves and that he began to sink. But do you realize the man stepped out of the boat? The man crawled out of a boat. I mean, if he took three steps on the water, that's three more than I've ever taken. It's awesome what he did. It is awesome. It is totally awesome. And you know, it is just so neat to think about it. You know, because even after he began to sink, the Bible says Jesus reached out and got him. And you know what? This is just totally awesome. They walked on the water together. Because it says they walked back and they got back into the boat. You know? Jesus didn't just save him and throw him, you know. It, they walked on the, just to take Jesus' hand and walk on water. Amen. Well, just don't look back. Don't look at the wind. Don't, you know, it's like they say when they get you up on the bungee jump thing, don't look down. If you ever look down, you won't do it. Don't look down. Anybody ever bungee jump? Joe, do you ever bungee jump? He does everything else. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> but don't look down. You know, don't look down, don't look up, don't, you can't, what do you got to do? Whatever you're walking in, you can't return. See, our flesh, man, you start walking the faith walk, your flesh will start screaming. I mean, I know. It's like, what, mm, 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 uh, mm. I don't like this, I don't like this. You know, and the flesh doesn't like it. But you can't return. Sometimes I think about that. I think, man, I don't, this little faith walk I'm in right now, but then I think, I don't have any choice. What's my other choice? Well, in uh, Luke chapter 9, if you'll turn there, we're still talking about not returning. You can't go back. You can't return. 
You've gone too far. You know too much. You've stepped out of the boat. You can't turn back. So what you might as well do is just suck it up and walk by faith and walk this thing all the way through. Isn't that right? You just got to walk it all the way through. Hallelujah. You don't have any choices. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. Do you realize when you turn back that Satan is going to... He's right there. He tries... When you turn back, he steps in to start destroying your life. Because when you turn back, you turn back to the curse. And the curse is back there. So we got to walk by faith. We just got to keep going. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. I'm talking to some of you. We're getting somewhere tonight. Uh, and it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at home at my house. And Jesus Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Actually, that word fit means useful. No man, having put his hand to the plow and then turning back, is useful for the kingdom of God. See, God, can't, God is not going to be able to do anything with this situation unless you walk by faith. Amen? Amen. Well, let's turn to uh, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 16. No return. There's no return. Hallelujah. It's the best day of your life when you realize that. When you take off all the reserve signs and you realize I'm not, I can't go back. I'm not going back. Hallelujah. Verse 16. And these are they likewise. He's talking about uh, sowing the word in your life. So let me get you on track. He's talking about sowing the word in your life. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. And afterwards when affliction, um, affliction means pressure, so afterward when pressure or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended or that word means to cause to fall away. Offended means to cause to fall away. See, do you realize that Satan wants you to turn back? He wants you to, to return, try to return to the former things because he knows if he can get you, if he can put pressure on you and he can get you to turn back, you'll step right back into the curse. And so you can't turn back. You have to put your hand to the plow. You have to, put your, you have to receive Jesus Christ and put your hand to the plow and you've got to walk it out by faith. Is it always going to be pleasant? No. Is it sometimes it's tough to walk by faith? Sometimes. Tough on the flesh. But there's no choices here. Amen? So you just keep walking and you just keep going. And does it all, does, does, do you ever, do you ever get free? Yeah. You just walk it out. You walk it out by faith. Amen? Some of you need to know that because Satan's been pressuring you and you've thought about giving up. You can't. You can't give up. You gotta walk it out. Hallelujah. Okay. He said there about, um, that word affliction meant pressure, but see it says when affliction or persecution. That word persecution literally means to drive away. Did you know when you're persecuted for the word's sake that what Satan's trying to do is drive you away? 
He's trying to drive you away from the blessings of God. He's trying to drive you away from your victory. He's trying to drive you out of God's kingdom. He knows. He knows what you have in God. And he tries to drive you away. Hallelujah. I want to go on tonight and let's talk about no regrets. See, no, no reserve, no return, no regrets. Now, what, what's talking about when we talk about no regrets is to walk under guilt and condemnation. God is not, God is not holding our sin against us. Colossians says He is not holding sin against us. God does not bring guilt. But we have been taught religiously that, that, that guilt is a really good thing. Guilt is not a good thing. God convicts us of our sin. He does not bring guilt for our sin. Amen? God never asks the, the sinner man... You know, I'm talking about the, that's never known Jesus. I'm talking about does not know Jesus. He never asked that man to be sorry for his sins. You, but that is not true. Family, you couldn't help but sin when you were a sinner. You had the nature of the devil inside of you. Sinning is all you could do. See, why do we expect the lost to act nice? I mean, we do. We go to work and we get furious at people who act like sinners. And they act like that because they are sinners. That is all they can do. They have the sin nature inside of them. But family, you know what? It was not your fault. I know you've been, you've been hammered at preached on sin. But it wasn't your fault. You were born into it. You were born into Adam's family and your sin nature was given to you. It wasn't your fault. God didn't, God's not even asking you to repent for your sin when you're a sinner. He's asking you to receive Jesus. He's telling you, just receive my son. Believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God and that God has raised him from the dead. That's all I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to lay in the altar and weep and cry and repent and moan. I know people do that, but he's not asking us to. And forgiveness, even after you've been saved, when you sin, forgiveness is the most simple thing. I think we drive people away from God. Because we put a load on them. And we hammer on sin. And we come down on them. Family, I'm not here tonight to hammer on sin. I'm here tonight to tell you, don't have any regrets. You, what do you mean? Shouldn't I regret my sin? No. What you should do is take 1 John 1, 9, ask God to forgive you for your sin and forget it. And not walk around in some sort of... Because this will tear your faith all to pieces. When you walk around feeling guilty because you committed adultery. I don't care if you did commit adultery. Family, you're forgiven. There's no shame. Now you don't hear this in every church in town tonight. They will teach you that you better be ashamed to your grave. There is no shame. No regrets. I know, you, you, you know, Satan will put you under a shame of the fi bad financial decisions you made and he'll keep you in poverty because of that shame. Well, you know, we just made all these decisions and we just, you know, we charged on our credit card. No regrets! I'm here to tell you, it is under the blood of Jesus. It is of no consequence. No shame. Well, I had an abortion. No shame. No regrets. No shame. Well, I just can't get over it. Yeah, you can. 
When you say, I can't get over it, you're saying the blood of Jesus is not good enough. And what it is, is you have more faith in your sin than you do in Jesus. Well, you just don't understand. I have a little baby up in heaven. Get over it. No regrets. That's right. They're in heaven. There is no shame. Boy, the body of Christ, if we could get free from all shame and all regrets. See, the devil, he wants to keep you living in regret every day of your life. Why? I tell you what, I, how many of you in here, I don't want you to raise your hand, but you can raise it on the inside. How many of you ate lunch and then regretted what you ate? See, we eat and then we regret it. We buy, we go and we buy it and then we regret it. How many of you go and buy stuff and then sometimes feel guilty for it? That is the devil. No regrets. You say, well, you just don't understand. I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I don't care. Repent. Get in faith. Because that regret is going to tie you to it. No regrets. Man, I'm helping me. No regrets. I tell you, well, you just don't know, Debbie, the mistakes I've made. No regrets. See, the spirit of faith doesn't have any regrets in it. The spirit of faith says, yeah, I got myself in a mess, but bless God, I got a big God. And He's forgiven me. And you know what? I don't care what. I don't care if it was adultery. I don't care if it was abortion. I don't care if it was murder. I don't care what it was. No pain or shame. You're not there if you have any shame about it. You're not where God wants you to be yet. Now, you may be on the road. You may be getting there. No pain, no shame. You know, if you had an abortion, you ought to be where it's not. It's like it was another person that did it. Wasn't even me. I, I, I just, you know, I, it's just like that was a whole other person. Uh, you know, and, and so pain-free about it that now I'm not saying that you just go and announce it everywhere you go, but that if you were put in a place where someone needed help in that situation, you could say you could help them because you could talk about it. Family, if you can't talk about it, you can't help them. No pain, no shame. Well, this ties in with no reserve because to get rid of the pain and shame, guess what? You've got to throw open the door and let Jesus come into that spot and you've got to let Him cleanse all the pain and shame out. Hallelujah. But I tell you one thing that's cleansing it out is just the anointed Word here tonight. I'm telling you, here is a preacher's wife telling you, it's okay. I mean, I had a woman come to me and say, I had an affair with the first Baptist preacher in this town. And you know what I told her? You're forgiven. Come be in our church. You can be in leadership. And you know what she said? She, through the years, you know, it was an ongoing relationship. She was a wonderful member. She, you know, she said, nobody else could, a preacher's wife had to say that to me. Because I had adultery with, the, I would, I, it was an adultery with a preacher. It had to be the preacher's wife that said, it's okay, you're forgiven. Man, she tortured herself for years. And see, the church... The traditional church gets in there right with the devil and tortures people over these things. Is that right? No pain. No shame. That blood, I'm telling you, that blood is enough. When you ask Jesus to forgive you, that blood is enough. That blood, we're not up here saying it's okay. We're not even up here saying, hey, you know, just live the way you're living. We're not. You understand we're not saying that. You know, Jesus told Mary, He said, go and sin no more. 
When you sin, you're bringing the curse in your life. Satan is going to come in and he is going to steal. He's going to kill and he's going to destroy. But what we're saying here is let the past go. We're saying your past, it's over. No pain. No shame. No regrets. All those bad financial decisions, oh, hallelujah, I just take them off of you tonight. They don't matter. You say, well, Debbie, but, 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 but I got three credit cards and they're 18% interest. No pain, no shame. Just walk yourself, walk your way out of it by faith. Now, I'm not releasing you to go charge something else. I'm just saying no pain, no shame. Walk by faith, walk out of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. God's so good. Boy, that blood's so good. I know that in our mind, it's hard to understand something so good. But family, can you receive it right here? Can you witness it right here? I mean, Jesus did. I mean, you, what I'm saying tonight, Jesus said to the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. That's what he said. He said, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. You say, well, you know, I don't know if God can use me because of my past. Yeah, I can. He, he would just delight to. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I, I'm not sure if you, if I could be used in church, in a church, you know. Well, you can in this church. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, I know there's churches. No, you can't. If you've ever been divorced, you can't be, you can't be ordained in that church. Well, you can in this. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can here. Cause there's no pain or shame. And hallelujah, we're not exalting one sin over another. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. Thank you, Jesus. No condemnation. We're not walking in it. See, Satan wants you to remember it. He wants to condemn you for it. He wants to rub your nose in it. He wants to tell you how sorry you are. And see, he'll bring those feelings. I'm not telling you you're not going to have feelings that come against you that say guilt. But what I'm saying tonight is just don't receive them because they're not from God. Sometimes when I mess up and I ask the Lord to forgive me, I mean, an hour later I'll be having a guilty feeling about, man, I just wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't said that. I just, no regrets. No regrets. That's the devil. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I don't care if you did say something you shouldn't say it. Just repent. And you know one thing God will do? He'll not only forgive you, He'll help straighten it out for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know there's everybody in here has something that they need to let go of. Everybody in here has been whipping themselves over something or the devil's been whipping you. And you know, sometimes we just get a little mixed up and say, well, you know, maybe this is God. You know, I really did, and, you know. Sometimes when I've gone to believe God for prosperity, you know, the devil, he brings up the financial mistakes you made. When you go to believe God for healing, the devil will bring up, well, you know, you didn't eat right. No regrets. No regrets. I mean, the devil will bring that kind of stuff up. Well, you know, if you had not eaten all that baloney, well, you know, y'all are looking at me funny, but it's not supposed to be healthy, you know. He'll tell you. 
But you know, here's how the devil works. No matter how healthy you ate, you didn't quite eat it enough. No matter how good you did, it wasn't quite enough. You could have done more. No matter how much you exercise, you could have exercised more. Did you know there are people at the gym that are nearly killing themselves because the devil is harassing them? You could do a little more. You could go a little further. There are people doing that. I guess you probably noticed our family's not one of those, but they are just abusing ourselves at the gym. But there are people abusing themselves. You could eat less. You could, you know, it's, it's the devil. And here's what I'm here. If you give him an inch in this condemnation thing, he will take a mile. Amen. Praise God. Well, hallelujah. Well, the Holy Ghost is here to set you free tonight. I tell you what, let's pray.